This is Jane. Uh, Daniel can't type these updates anymore. Not after today. Not after the 5th. I'm gonna relay everything that happened yesterday and what's going to inevitably happen tonight. There's a fine line between the subtle hint of madness that we all hold inside of us and the beast on the other side that threatens to drag us into insanity. Some of us will say that we would never do this, never do that. We would say that we aren't crazy. But there is always a breaking point in the line. There will always be an unbreakable catalyst that drags us to the other side. If you believe this, then please try to understand what I am going to tell you. We arrived at Magic Kingdom at about 12.03 a.m. on August 4th, and security locked down all the exits when we came in. We had a squad of about 20 officers, who split up into groups of four. Daniel and I were on with Mickinson, Derry, Thompson, and Izumi. We hit the Space Mountain area first. To make things easier on us, the workers lit up everything possible in the park. Even if this bastard was hiding on the bottom of the roller coaster tracks, we'd get him. At least, that's what we thought. Stay close. Izumi motioned with his flashlight into the entrance. I just received a call from Bard. He says everywhere else has been secured. This is the last possible place that this guy could be hiding in. We didn't even know if he was here at all. The only lead we had was on the phone signal that they traced from the duck's text to Daniel. It was inside Magic Kingdom, but at this point he could be anywhere. We may seem like we're too calm about this. I know. But that's only because we know as parents that panicking blinds us with fear. Our minds have to be sharp if we want to find Chandler, that's all. The first thing we noticed when we headed inside was the smell. No, it wasn't rotting corpses or even just a bad stench of onion. It just smelled like metal. Tons of metal. And it was really heavy. My god. Daniel whispered. He pointed at the sign where the line starts for the roller coaster. A piece of poster board hung on the wall. I'm waiting for you, Daniel. He started shaking and I took his hand. Suddenly the light flickered and I could hear a vibration coming from Dan's new phone. It's a text. Don't keep me sad. Donald Duck hates to be sad. A shame it would be for you not to come. Come on, Dan. I pulled him along, Azumi and Derry quickly taking the vanguard. Don't let him get you like this. Okay, it's just another guy or woman like you and me. Nothing special. We'll find him. As we entered the line, we heard a noise like a subway going down a metro. The screeching was loud, and thanks to the fans, I felt it too. Jane, I need you to stay back when we go near this guy. Dan looked me in the eyes with blue eyes of his own. Robin's eggs, I told him. Just like Robin eggs. Honey, we have four police officers with us. Derry waved his hand to us as reassurance. Just be ready for anything. Okay. And with that, he tapped his pocket. 
the vibration, checking his phone again. <laughs> well, well. The little Jane bug takes charge. Be ready. Be ready for anything. What a nice piece of advice. The officer saw the text too and shined a light on the walls for cameras. They looked like they were off, but you never know. This guy could do anything. Walking down further, I realized that some of the lights still weren't on. They grew dimmer, or they were just plain off. Mickinson radioed Bard to ask about it. Uh, Sheriff? What happened to the lights? Over. All we could hear as a reply was static. Damn, he said. Uh, must be another jammer somewhere. He pulled his pistol out. You folks sure you don't want to stay with us from this point on? It might get dangerous. We nodded silently and kept walking. The rest of the journey was quiet. Till we got to the loading area. I read Daniel's first post here, when he said that he had a dream about being in a chair and feeling wind blowing in his hair. It oddly enough sounds like being on a roller coaster. Then the wind started. Daniel pointed at the hole where the coaster should come from. That bastard's in there, riding the coaster with our son. The rumbling noises got louder and the officers drew their guns. If we had any chance to stop him, this was it. Get ready. Thompson held his gun like a hunter. He's going to stop soon. And sure enough, the cart pulled in. I can't tell you the dread I felt when I saw who was inside. Donald Duck himself, staring straight at us. He didn't even bother to get out of the cart. The blank stare that we couldn't see through his costume seemed to pierce us just the same. Put your hands up! Mickinson walked over to him, and take off the fucking costume! Donald didn't move an inch. He just kept staring into space. I said, put your hands up! He poked Donald with the barrel of the pistol, and he promptly fell over. His head rolled over to the other side of the floor. I figured out why it smelled so much like metal. Inside the costume, all you could see was a little bundle of meat, and bloody parts of... Oh god. It's hard to type this. There were two pieces that looked like fingers. And I knew. Daniel knew. We all knew. They were so small. It was the tears first, I think. That's what came over Daniel. He wouldn't move. He couldn't move for a bit. Then he collapsed with his knees on the floor and he dragged the costume over to us. It hit the floor with a thunk, and a piece of paper flew out. All it said was, Why? I'll never forget what happened after this. No one will believe me. But this is what we saw. A humanoid shape jumped down from the ceiling onto Daniel. And from a glance, it looked like guile from the plane. 
He screamed bloody murder and started wrestling with him, but a kick in the stomach and a hand chop to the head knocked him unconscious. And Guile held him up by his hair. All our eyes were trained on him now, but, but this wasn't Guile. It was never Guile. How do I explain this? Uh, his face. It literally exploded into a thousand pieces, spraying wet flesh all over us. The sight was revolting, but, but what was under his face was even worse. A thousand little, little tentacles, hair follicles, whatever they were. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, everything else about it was normal. It still had Guile's body, still had on his green polo shirt. But then it spoke. The cycle must continue. And then he put Daniel's face in front of his own. If you could even call it a face. And then it started touching Daniel's face with the tentacles everywhere. Shoot it! That broke the spell, and McKinson raised his gun to empty it into this thing. Three thuds were heard, then a low hissing noise. I looked up and was terrified. What's wrong, honey? Daniel said. Aren't you glad that you're here? But it wasn't Daniel. No, Daniel was passed out on the floor. This was the thing talking to me. I froze. What happened to the officers? A quick glance showed me that they had passed out too. What are you? What did you do to my son? Is he alive? Daniel could only stare at me with a small grin. If I didn't notice his eyes, I could almost imagine it was him. They were constantly changing color from... from blue... to green... to a clear white. The cycle... must... Continue. I must survive. A low voice emitted from his mouth without moving it at all. I had the courage to ask one more thing. Why? It put a hand on my shoulder, and for a moment, I thought it looked sorry. But then its mouth opened, and... All I could see was a writhing mass of tentacles. The fifth is coming. I blacked out after that. When I woke up, I was in a hospital room. The window was open and light was shining onto my blanket. Someone shouted, She's awake! She's awake! And the door burst open. Two doctors came in and checked my vitals on the screen next to me. Ma'am, are you okay now? I'm Dr. Hannes, and this is Dr. Kier. Kier sat down next to the bed and touched my forehead. Oh, good. She's not like the others, she said. I looked at the calendar across the room next to the door. What do you mean, like the others? August 5th was circled. What day is it? Why, it's the fifth. Hannah suggested his glasses. But, but about your husband, 
We don't want to alarm you, especially not in your state. Just tell me what's wrong with him. I whispered. The brain is split into many different parts, as you know. The frontal lobe is one of them. What we discovered in Daniel's and the officer's heads was something odd. Their brains have an extra lobe, and it can only be described as a rapidly growing infected cell. Are, are you saying that they have cancer? I'm saying something is happening to them, but we don't know what yet. However, you seem to be uninfected. Where is Daniel? I need to see him. Hannes took a big breath and put a hand on my shoulder. I brushed it off. It reminded me too much of that thing. He's... He's not awake yet. The other officers are alive and well, but we believe Daniel is in a coma. He pulled up a diagram of a brain on the computer. The unidentified cell is also growing exponentially. And to what extent? Well, uh, no one knows yet. The weight of the news practically numbed my feelings. But I had one more question. Doctor, is... Is my son alive? There was still the possibility that those weren't his fingers. And I had to hold on to the hope. I had to believe. They walked out without saying a word. But Dr. Keir pointed to the fifth on the calendar before leaving. And I swear to God... Her cheek rippled. Then they immediately came back a minute later, and with wide eyes. How are you awake? We just put you to sleep not an hour ago. Dr. Here checked my vitals on the screen. Someone messed up the dose. What do you mean? You were just in here. They stopped moving and looked at me with pale faces. You told me I was safe f from the disease, no? Call security. Now. Dr. Hannes whispered. Kira nodded and picked up the phone. That wasn't us, Jane. We were just at Officer Izumi and Thompson's rooms, and they told us the same story that we had already seen them. We wanted to write off as a side effect of the drugs, but... But it looks like it's real. And who were those people? Oh god. Dr. Keir. Her cheek. It rippled. Like a mask. Like a mask. There are more of those fucking things out there. I started screaming and crying in my bed, and they put me to sleep again. In my dreams, all I could see was Daniel and Chandler standing side by side as father and son. And they smiled. And then their faces were ripped apart, like guiles. I woke up screaming, and my daughter was sitting in the chair across from me. I motioned for her to come close, and I hugged her. Thank God that they hadn't touched Angelina. The only child I have left. You okay, Mom? She nestled into my chest, worryingly. Yeah. I lied. I'm alright. Do you know where your father is? He's in the other room, Mommy. She got up. But 
I don't think you should see him. Why? He keeps saying the word five over and over again. It's really scary, Mommy. All he says is five. As I hold on to my only daughter, I click submit and hope that whatever happens, we will be a family. I will never forget what happened to Chandler. He will always be a part of our family, even if he isn't here. I love you, Chandler. You'll always be here in our hearts. And to Daniel, who is only 40 feet away from me in the next room. It feels like we're worlds apart, and I don't know what's going to happen to you, but... But I love you, too. No matter what. Goodbye for now. No sleep. Wink, 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 wink. Wink, 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 wink. Stare, 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 wink. Wink. Stare, 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 wink, wink. Stare, 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 stare. Daddy? I miss you. Chandler.